You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Welcome to another Britflix.com podcast. Today with me, I've got a transfer of, uh, of guests, not just the usual one. I've got Near Do Well Films, and if you'd like to introduce yourself, going from my left across, that'd be great, please. So I'm James Piercy, I'm a producer with Near Do Well Films. Okay. I'm Evram Asoy, I'm the writer and director working with the company. And uh, I'm Russell World, I'm also a producer as well for the same company. <laughs> okay. That's fully identified who's talking to me now. Um, now, that we, we met up at Cannes this year, didn't we? That was our connection. In an airport. In an airport, yeah. Drinking beers on a late flight. The very end of it on a late flight, yeah. And uh, it was there that you were talking about it being your first Cannes. So that was the kind of idea for this this podcast. So brief, so briefly tell us as much as you can. Obviously, there's not you can't give all the details away. What was the film you were going over to Cannes with? We actually went out there with... Three pitches. Okay. Um, originally, one was a, a horror anthology. One was a straight action movie, and one was a thriller. Okay. They've all been redefined a little bit. The anthology's sort of now fallen by the wayside, but that was essentially what we went out with. In the first okay. Place. Okay. Right. And before we go into more detail about about what happened when you're in Cannes, tell me, and I will go with the same order. What or who was your kind of tipping point in terms of? Making you want to make films? Uh, me, it was really easy. It was my granddad. Gave okay. me my first camera and just encouraged me to go and shoot whatever the hell I could. Okay. Simple as. Right. Well, I a little different. Um, I like writing and yeah. I always wanted to write. And film has always been the thing that drew me the most. And I think the one moment that I can identify was when I was 13. I had a sleepover. We were watching after my parents had gone to bed Friday the 13th. Okay. And Mrs. Warheaves gets her head chopped, and you see it in slow motion. <laughs> and I remember being terrified and excited in equal measure, thinking, that's the feeling I want to capture for the rest of my life. This rush of adrenaline, this fantastic sort of fear and excitement. And I started writing more and more horror stuff and murder mysteries and things like that. And then slowly I met people who were in film and thought, this is where I need to be. This is what I want to do. Okay. 
and and so Jason jumping out of the boat at the end didn't stay with you as much as the head. No, off. the head, the really? slow motion head. It's such a beautiful shot because you see her swing the oar, and then the head just goes through the air. It's a fantastic shot. To this day, I love that. Okay, and finally, uh, for me, I think it's um, <clears throat> it's a value of like when I was growing up. It's the same as probably quite a lot of filmmakers. I like the idea that film is magic and you can do something that doesn't exist mm -hmm. and it's watching say like when i was younger ghostbusters things like that visual effects like anything like ray harryhausen those kind of things where you see something that didn't exist and when you're a young person you think that it could exist because you don't really know what's real mm. to that level mm -hmm. and i think that's the beauty and i always just love that idea that i could get into a space where i could recreate those things yeah and design those type of different things that are in your head but they're not in reality but when you're younger they are reality and there's no other choice about it you mm. literally think those things are real so that's what is my i mean also when, when i come out of um ghostbusters originally um in manchester they had a big inflatable father christmas clinging to town hall and that essentially was the marshmallow man <laughs> for the entire time we crossed the, the square that it was in front of I saw the fire station for the first time in New York this year. Ah, okay. And I still got the same buzz. And what was funny <laughs> was I looked inside and they have a sign inside. There was, there was a fireman there putting up something. And he saw me and he just gave me thumbs up. And I was that kid again <laughs> taken by my father. It was fantastic. So so the three of you going to camp... Is it the three of you going to camp for the first time? Is that right? All yes, absolutely. Okay, cool. So... Let's start before you go there. What was what was the, the the initial what was the main thrust of your kind of prep work? As it were, we 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 just as a as a random backdrop to why we thought we could. Mm -hmm. We're just finishing off a short film at the moment, which everyone wrote and directed, myself and Russ and another member of the team, Catherine O'Shea, produced. It's a very big affair. We've put a lot of work into it. We've been developing feature ideas for a while, mm -hmm. um, and it was it was that point at which we thought. We need to take that step now. This this should be the last short before a feature. Okay. Um, we knew a little bit about distribution and sales and finance, but obviously Can is kind of the mecca for learning that. In terms of the market, that was the place to go and learn. Um, and for we were free. going a little blind, but not entirely. I, I think we went in with a lot more prep than I think a lot of people we know have ever taken in, and and everyone contributed to that as well everyone took part in mm. preparing to go out there for that I think we were just ready to go and do it but in that sense though did you have a lot of meetings already in the diary going over to Canada was you yeah. sort of hitting the ground and going finding people to, to try well, and do business one of with? the things I insisted was that I wanted the minimum of 30 meetings from them before we even set foot so wow. I made them go through a list of 1400 names distilling the people we needed 2000 2000. 2000 ah when I left it was 1400 and then we asked some friends in the industry for help as well for some introductions yeah. mm. my point was we need to go in prepared we can't just go in and um, look around be impressed because when you're a filmmaker just trying to get onto your first feature you're at the bottom of the chain at the end of the mm -hmm. day and can is so big that yeah. people will just walk by they won't even take a second look at you so I wanted us to have some things in place. So who were the people you were trying to get meetings with out of that 2,000 list? The, the list was whittled down via sales agents, yeah. distributors, and financial organizations. Okay. That's not necessarily... Um, we kind of... We, we didn't include 
country, like, like sort of representatives of countries and stuff like that, because while they would work for things like co-productions, really we're looking for finance at this point, yeah. or pre-sales. Then we can look at things like co-productions to try and earn a bit of money back mm. elsewhere. So <laughs> the list was made up of that those three primarily. Okay. Um, we... Some we we also got lists from other people as well. So we had we have various friends in the industry who would go, you need to talk to these people, or here's a list of twenty people you should get in touch with. And out of all of that, all out of all of that, you we whiffed down to I think about three hundred names, um, or companies and names. Yeah. Um, we then emailed every one of them, tried to personalize as many of those as possible. So you would every bit of, every of that two thousand list, you researched everyone via websites and details and whatever you could find. Yeah, and then you would in- input that into however you email people, and from that we got around about twenty four meetings. Okay, so, so just <laughs> under what I wanted, but yeah. I was happy to let it go. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then the other thing was what we've been told by a lot of people that have been out there previously, because a lot a lot of the people we've met previously just went to camp. Mm. They'd sign up and they'd just go. And I, everyone was entirely right. And I think we held the opinion that we couldn't just do that. And mm. we'd get advice from those people who would say, just go to go to places, pick up a card and send them an email. So we got additional meetings from that. So we got maybe another five or six me- mm. meetings from that. But then we emailed maybe about 20 people. So out of that, we only got five. So yeah. you, percentages wise, And it's so busy. Mm. Um, and we, we went for some big hitters. We went for people like Millennium and uh, Canal. MK2. And, yeah. MK2, we got. That was we got ahead of the ones we went for while we were out oh, there. We just hit them. It's unlikely they're going to send you an email. Like Millennium aren't going to send you an email while they've got tanks going down the Crozette with people, you know, with, with yeah, major yeah, celebrities on it. Yeah, yeah. yeah so it, it's, it's sort of picking your targets yeah. and just going for whatever you can. I always said before we went to Cannes, we talked about Cannes a lot, that we needed to have a valid reason. We needed to have a reason, yeah. a strategy, because it wasn't a jolly. Because a lot of, some people were saying, oh, you know, your first year in Cannes, it'll be great, you'll be going from party to party. Yeah, I mean, we were lucky enough that um, myself and James had produced a, a short previously and done festival. Yeah. When we did those festivals, we went there because we know that you have to sort of attach yourself to the film when you're there and advertise it and talk about it and be there, that person. Sure. What we did notice was when we were there, people were asking us what our other projects were. So we then went, we haven't got any projects. We just made this short film. What do you want from us? Jesus. (laughs) The the thing was that when we went to Cannes, we didn't want to go there and be like, oh, we didn't know we were supposed to be at Cannes doing something here and and learn again Mm. and waste the experience and waste the time. Mm. And we realized that really we're not in the mood for just sitting around so much it's more we we have a movement we know where to go and we're pushing mm. forward i spoke to a filmmaker who's made features just before we went and he said ah oh, don't worry about it i've been i went for like five years before i even started working at can mm. and i was like yeah you are a guy who seems to have a lot of fun um but five years is a lot to wait to waste if mm. you're going to can and we were like i'd like to be working on our first year and when we yeah. all spoke about it we were like yeah that's what we're going to mm. do and we went there and did that so what did you, um, what was the first meeting like then in terms of this, and who, and who was? It was kind of lovely. <laughs> was it uh, really? It was, it, our first meeting uh, was with a, a small uh, sales agent. But it was impromptu, wasn't it? Um, we had a yeah, massive, we, massive uh, company was, first. Yeah. And we conveniently asked one and they said, do it now. And we were like, thank God, because they gave us. Yeah, there were, there were two, basically there were a couple of companies that just said, 
look, rock up when you get here and we'll uh, we'll set a meeting up, no problem at all. So people you tried to get in contact with before yes. replied and said, look, just come and see us. Yeah, just come and see us and we'll ah, set okay, something okay. up. So we had a couple of those and this was one of those and the guy was like, fuck, I'm not doing anything, just have a seat. And I was like, oh, I wasn't prepared for that. And <laughs> And it was, it was dance for me. It, but it, but the, you know what? He the, dances well. The one thing, the one thing we got from this and a lot of other meetings, we, we didn't go in hard sell. Um, I think you get a vibe very quickly that that whole idea of a sports chip, give me, give me the pitch. Yeah, it, yeah, yeah. It, there are there are people like that, and there were mm. a few people that were like that. But generally, that wasn't the case. And we're learning. So our key thing was to walk up and go. We're a small company. We're just learning about where, where, whether what we're doing is mm. going to fit within the marketplace. Because yeah. if it doesn't, we need to rethink what we're doing. Mm. And I think most people are like, oh, I didn't expect that. And that was <laughs> knocking people off guard was great because then you start to see them become talk to you personally instead of them talking hard line yeah. business. So in that regard, our first meeting was the longest actually, was one of the longest we had easily. Um, and he just, he just chatted. Um, 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 we just, he just sort of, it was a bit of a ramble to it. Yeah. He let them talk and you just feed in, we were feeding in what we, you know, what was important to us or what we were trying to pitch Yeah. within all of that. So would you do it? Was you, oh, was you, was that always as a three that you would do? I've been, I went to one meeting. I was busy doing my, I also do festival programming. Okay. So I was pretty much 8am till 2am at screenings running oh, around. Okay. I, I managed to go to one meeting. Yeah, which was an place. important one. Because you... I need to have a meeting with this guy anyway for the yeah. festival. Right. So I and said, why don't we combine the two meetings and I'll sit in on it and then we can have, and he, the guy was like, that's a great idea. Let's do it. So they pitched and then I talked to him. So that, I mean, that's the thing. I mean, because the, the two examples are good because they, they, there, there is a kind of, I'm get, I mean, when I, I first went four years ago and it, there is that, can, it's can, there's lots yeah. of people there who don't don't know me or that you're the, you're the bottom of the ladder, as it were. But actually, a lot of people are, I found it a lot more amenable to listening because I, I'm guessing without being, without getting too fancy about it, it is that everybody wants to have a chance to try and discover something. <clears throat> yeah. And if you, if, if it takes 10 minutes and they go, through the hat, aren't they? Or these are exciting. We yeah. should swap cards, and that's kind of the chance, isn't it? That you, yeah. that, that, that there is to be had in cards, isn't there? You need to have faith in what you've got. Mm. One of the things I believe in the projects we have yeah. that I find, I think they're interesting. I think they're worthwhile. Uh, otherwise, we wouldn't take them there. Mm. I'd be the first person. One of the things we decided when we first started working was that we would have very open dialogue. Like I said, if something is crap. Say it's crap. Let's start over again. I don't. I can't work with people if we are prissy. We need to be brutal. I can't so, imagine that for you, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's true. I'm but so polite usually. But and realistically, in the sense of when we were at Cannes, we had to be very aware that that might happen. It happened in maybe one meeting, particularly, where someone would go, "That's just not going to work," and you're like, "Oh." That was quite early on. Yeah. It was one of the pitches we and, were pitching. And it was like, oh, shit. <laughs> and you bounce back from it because you have to. If you then sit there and go, oh, well, I'm not going to work with you then. That's never that's never going to pay off. You you really need to... As filmmakers, you, you don't necessarily want to appease everybody. Yeah. Um, because you need to make what's right for you. 
not just you know you need to you need to you need to know you have a market and what you're going into which is pretty much everything there's a market for anything out there depending on what your budget is it, you'll fit somewhere but you've still got relationships you? so you kind of you want to build a relationship even if the project isn't the right one yeah because you know what that guy we like that particular person had a lot of sort of very generic kind of action uh like teen comedy stuff it was very obvious stuff but you know what we might have a title like that mm. in five years time we maybe able to go hey so and so we've got that thing that you might want oh great and they will sell the hell out of that film when I hit midlife crisis yeah. you're writing that team but that's good because what you're saying is that, that, that there's, a, there's an element of also fact finding as well as wanting them to like you and take your projects on board there is an, an obvious element when that's not going to happen yeah. of fact finding that you're going to meet these people they're going to reveal to you what you can't read on a website yeah yeah, yeah. And, and it's you know we some meetings you'd walk into and you think having looked at the website and we we did try everything mm. so I, I don't think we were very discriminating against who we went to go see because we're not going to look at the website and go well they do asylum movies and go they're not really fancy in them are we like no let's go see them let's go let's just go talk to everybody mm. and just get an idea because we may not work with them but equally they may go actually we're starting a new wing of distribution. Uh, in the US as one company was and we're looking for uh, interesting content and that's the kind of thing what you're talking about what you want to do is what we're looking for mm. and to say that someone might be interested in distributing in the US is a big deal because there's no distribution in the US for British movies even European movies struggle Yeah. so you know you never know what you're going to get out of a meeting you never know what might come from something and so you should just meet and talk to everyone did you get any uh, kind of Hard faced meetings. Did you get a real kind of the blunt, the blunt face of Hollywood? Did it, did it slap you in the face and go, no, <laughs> no, or impress us, tell us, give us, give us the thing. There was a couple. Yeah, I mean, I'll say there was one where <clears throat> a gentleman had um, grown up in uh, his university with people who were on high end studio grounds, and he wasn't. He wasn't as successful or plugged in, shall we say? Yeah, and he was very brutal in his. He knew where he was and he knew what he was peddling. And in that, he said, I know what I am and I know where I am and I know what I'm peddling. And we were like, interesting. And he's like, but, you know, my 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 design and my model as a film, whatever his whole was background sales, was, was sales, was just generally, his was a poster and a tagline. Mm. And that's what broke us down to see what the people we wanted to work with and who we were. Some wanted taglines, some wanted posters, some wanted synopsises, some wanted scripts. And I think that gave us a very interesting outlook to how the industry works, depending on the character of the company. Which of those variables didn't you have, or did you have them all? The script. We haven't. We didn't take a script. With no, we didn't. We didn't. We didn't but, take. But you've finish. got one. I mean, you've written this. Yeah, the, 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 everything you were pitching, there is a script. Yes. Yeah. yeah obviously. Yeah. I mean. I, I mean, what stage they're at? That's a different question entirely. But but posters, taglines, and all well, that. We, we, had, we, we got had all that. pitch yeah, packages. Yeah, three huh? pitch packages. Yeah, really we, professional. We went out. Although, what this is the funny thing. I rushed so we all rushed so hard to get these pitch packages together. Yeah, which are about thirteen pages a piece. Uh, they break down from a beautifully designed front cover by a friend of ours who's a designer, um, Mr. Nat Marsh, who did unbelievable work to help us get this done. Yeah, and then we would, I would then design each page. Everyone would normally write. Everyone wrote the synopsis. We you do a short synopsis and a long synopsis. What's a short one? 
about a page at most. Paragraph. You read it. Three hundred words. Three hundred words. Okay. Possible. One, you sell the. You sell it. You know. Yeah, yeah, I, I want to yeah. read what this is about. Sure. Um, and then a long synopsis, which normally runs up two, like, yeah, two, three, three. pages. Um, and then after that, depending on if you've got a director uh, attached, which of course in this case, not with everything, but in the case of the one film we were really pushing, mm. we had Everham attached to it, so he would have a director's statement. Produce a statement from us as well. So you've got a bit of an idea of what we want to do with it as a project. Mm. And then a bit of a breakdown of the people you might have involved. So A, a page of mood. Yes. Forget that. Well, that's, but that's, that's also part of the director's statement at times. It can be a mix and match. Um, and also the design of the booklet gives you an idea. And some of the images you put in. Because you put some photos in. Because these people often work with a sort of tabloid newspaper uh, edge they just yeah, want to yeah, see no, something yeah. with their eyes so it would be graphically and it used to be paperwork and now we're told that it's all PDF on iPads and you email mm. them all the documents yeah. we were like, told before we went don't take any paper only business cards yeah, yeah. yeah. the only thing you carry and, in hand and so like in that regard I had all this we spent all this time getting all this together really rushed to get it done there were typos all over the place which was like oh we're going to get done we need to show it to people and we didn't show a single person any of the pitch documents that's because they're there. terrible producers um Every one of them was like, email the details. I'd love to see what you've got. Mm. The short, send us the send us the short, send us the trailer for the short as well, and we would send all the details. and And they went out today. So you you know, that's how we've I've literally done all my chase up with everything from Cam a couple of weeks. So in a, in a way, I mean the 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 the, 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 the projects you've been developing together is your, was your ammunition to go and meet people across the board at Cam to start relationships with and. You've started from a 2,000 list yeah. to a 300 people contact to a kind of 30, 40 yep. meetings and then follow up. Well, yep. all those got followed up. Uh, not all of them. Because the one thing we got was people wanted different distributors, exactly as Russ was saying, wanted very different things. So some wanted just the pitch documents. They're mm. happy to take a look at that. Mm. And then if they like that, they'll ask us for a script. Whereas some companies were like, we're happy to wait until your script's in a good form. The short's complete because at this point the short wasn't finished. We're still mm. in post production, so like we're happy to wait until that's locked mm. and send us those two things. Um, most of the time they were kind of director-driven sales agents, so sales agents that kind of play on the author theory more than anything else, okay. and are all about we want to support directors and vision, not just film, sell mm. film. So it, we've chased up. I've chased up a percentage who just wanted to see what we had. Mm. Um, is that, is that in a sense that they see that as a bankability, as it were, the identity of the, the, the director is what they're selling, or is it do they just like it? To a degree, but it's also what they base their company on. So uh, like okay. certain companies like MK2 is a great example of that. MK2 base themselves entirely, almost entirely on, on the people they support, like the talent that they support. Okay. They're remarkable in that regard. As a company... So it's a true identity as far as what their corporate identity should have said. The, the market kind of implies that that shouldn't exist. Yeah. No, it's like, a surprise to hear that it. Should, yeah. That shouldn't... Like an, an auto-driven organisation that's about sales that does kind of weird dramas and interesting diverse art house films shouldn't exist. MK2 do, MK do, and they've been going for 40 years to celebrate their 40th anniversary this year. And they're huge. What would... Be, okay. We didn't know that when we went to go see them. Probably but better. They are very big. I mean, I remember, I remember the conversation we had in the airport, which was you, you kind of you you were aware of your own ability to make the product you're doing. So the shorts you've made are of a, a higher production value that, that, than you maybe see 
around, so therefore you knew you could bring that resourcefulness to your feature films. Is that right? Is that yeah, yeah, that right? yeah. We're still training, learning yeah. continually. But but you felt that that was a, that was I remember you saying that that was something you felt was a little edge that you were trying to bring into the conversation with people you're meeting was look we see what you're doing, but let's if we want to get aspirational about it, then maybe we can bring you same product but higher production value, as it were. Yeah. That, would that seem like a way? Yeah, we, the people we work with are very talented at making the most of nothing. Mm. So the fact that the shorts we have look so good depend on the. We don't. We don't have lots of budget. None of us are, mm. you know, rolling in any kind of money. But the fact that we can stretch it, that we can make it look very good on the screen. Mm. If you go to our, whether you like the films or not, is one thing. But when you look at our filmography as a company, yeah. none of it can you go. This. This doesn't look right, or yeah. you didn't do more. You know, you let think they all look to a certain standard. It's mm. very professional, and that gives you confidence. And with any of these meetings, the one thing you need to roll in with is confidence. The thing I was the most scared of, right? It's not my background to be overly confident really about that kind of thing. I don't like. like it's always a, a sort of a nervousness, but we have such an incredible, we've accumulated such an incredible team of people. But that confidence though, is that not, that's confidence in yourself. So therefore you're, you're telling, you're giving people you, aren't you? You're not going, look at me, I've got jazz hands. We're going to, I'm going to impress you. It's like, it's more about being yourself and selling that. Cause that's, it, it, that's what you, that's what you're selling, aren't you? Well, it's, it, it's a confidence in the brand that we are. Yeah. yeah. As sick that makes me feel. It's, it's the, <laughs> We're not a mod- brand. No, but unfortunately, we do have to pitch ourselves in that way because there is a model that people listen to and branding, yep. all the marketing, our association, our name, our look, our style, mm. our people behind the team and all that are an incredible part of that. And the I mean, more people than we can ever hope to know should hopefully see the film, so therefore... You have to buy into the way that reaches that many people. Yeah, and it? it and it grows, and and, yeah. and and you know we've built stuff already, and and each time we go more, things get larger. And mm. That's what that's what it's all about. And that was one of those things that did come up on a regular occasion in the meetings was people talking about the notion of branding. In fact, it happened in the very first meeting we had, mm. someone talking about people don't just want one film. They want to know that that director and those people are going to make another three. So films. they can see you four films down the line. So that you know oh, someone's okay. going to. F- you're going to build an audience that will follow those people. That's what it comes down to. And a lot of them don't really know where they are at the moment in terms of distribution and sales and the way it's all changing in terms of VOD and DVD and the way DVD's coming and VOD's not coming up. They all know this and they don't know a lot of things, but they know that they can guarantee if they get a brand, director, whatever mm-hmm. style, look, or a delivery, they know that they can work that forward mm. and grow and nurture. Well, a bit like you mentioned asylum, we, you know what that means. Yeah, yeah exactly. And, and, and you know what trauma means. It's kind of like it doesn't yeah. make it doesn't make it all brilliant films, but you you, you know when you walk in a room. There's an association that people will have, <coughs> and you know there is a big. Well, it's tougher now that there's less stores on the, you know, on the mm. on the um, street, but it people would walk in and buy something based on a brand. Mm. And that's a big deal. I mean, that's how trauma survived for years. Because section is all. Quality of the film. Section is all. What would be, I mean, go, go, each one of you maybe, what would, two, two sort of things to, what would be a lesson that you felt you learned from that first can that, you, that you're going to take forward to future cans and other other film markets? Um, just just be, it sounds so cheesy, but you... But it's cheesy, I mean, you, if, it, if, it's, if it's obvious, then say it. There's, a, cu- there's a couple of things. You, you should be yourself. You shouldn't walk in and try to pretend to be this, be something you're not. Yeah. Because... Lies will always come back on you very quickly, mm-hmm. very very quickly. Um, and just just be confident. 
as confident as you can. Because mm. if you walk in and you know what you're talking about and you believe in what you're selling, exactly as Everham said earlier, if you believe in what you're doing, mm. you have belief in it, other people will jump on board with that. Yeah. Very quickly. Very quickly. What are you two going? I'll go first. Change the order. Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I found like, the strange thing was that I was expecting it and I wasn't really necessarily sure it was going to happen, but each one, as we weren't really showing a product quite soon, we weren't showing our pitch packages and stuff, we were more discussing it. It's a job interview. Yeah. If you know how to handle a job interview and you know the right things to say and where to say it, then you know you're doing a rough, reasonable uh, approach mm-hmm. and you know roughly what you're walking into because yeah. they don't necessarily care. They want to know how intelligent you are, what your grasp is, how you do things, and then they want to see your product afterwards. They've got time, all the time in the world. Mm. Not all the time in the world, but they want to make a product with you. And if they do and want to get into bed with you and make this movie, you you have to have at least a good uh, liaison, you know, the conversation rapport. with them, rapport with them to be able to do that. Um, and then the second part that I noticed was, it doesn't matter where you are. We were having meetings in in the actual meetings that we had. And also when you're even networking at the parties that you get into or sneak into or however you get into these parties, you have similar pitching Abilities there, and you're doing the same thing there. True, yeah, and yeah. also we've come back since then and had meetings in England with people with English companies, and again the pitch is pretty much the same, and it's the same sort of delivery and the same thing. Even though we thought we may have longer or whatever, still very similar. So you kind of it kind of helped you hone hone the, the skill of the pitch. Yeah, I think it'd be your, wherever we are in the world, you, who your pitches. Once you've be. done it a few times, you get better at it. It's a slightly different thing coming back to the UK and doing it. I found an office that like myself and everyone had to pitch recently. Last week, don't say to this week. No, no, I won't say who. Um, it was it, <clears throat> to be honest, they were amazing, they were really it cool. It was a very good meeting. Um, I totally froze like in, mm. in, in Cannes, I just I just went at it. It was like mm. it, I, knew I, had, I knew it had to be done, I knew I had to, but there was, a, there was a blood in the water moment, you know, you could just see the shark circling. I did it myself just last week, and it's like at the, where I was, t- somebody said, Oh, I'm from da da da, and I went. <laughs> forgot the English language but we, well, the, the thing is it got rescued it, yeah, yeah, it, wasn't, it just started off on the wrong foot and you could okay. see because he'd done it so many times this man just you could see his eyes shine you know he was going to take a chunk and, and, and that's also why generally there are two of us at any of those meetings mm. because we all know each other the three of us know each other very well mm-hmm. and you can see if one is struggling mm. or if there's something that's gone a bit awry you can kind of step in a little bit and maybe help um, where where it's required. That's one of the things that was great, and Russ was okay. amazing for that during you know the pitch. He, I rambled a lot, mm. and Russ could just no. step in and move it and, and get rid of it quick. Uh, yeah, and then I have a technical background, so I could talk a different way and talk about different stuff, and James knew more about sales and stuff. So you have, between all of us, we literally pick up on each other, and that's why we're a good group. Yeah, because we don't we whatever we lack in another one will pull up it, mm. and that's how we function. What did you learn? <laughs> what did I learn? <laughs> well, I what film? What film would you recommend? Giving you, giving <laughs> I'll, I'll go back into it. Uh, Great, so many films. I won't tell you because I'm programming them. <laughs> <laughs> Professional secret. I'm not telling it to Britflix.com. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think you have to have faith in your own material. That's the most important thing. If you go in saying We'd like to do something that you can 
just taken or whether it'll fit into a mold. Mm. People smell bullshit immediately. You need to you need to go in believing in what you're yeah. doing. And it's not gonna fit everyone. Three hundred companies, two hundred and ninety nine of them will pass and you'll find the one. You need the you one, want. don't you? Yeah. You need the one. And the other thing is you're pitching at every given point. Not a hard sell, but everything is a test of who you are, where you stand, whether you're important or not. Doesn't matter if you're at the party, a chance dinner, at a cocktail, a karaoke, anything. If people are asking you about your work, take it seriously, mm. talk about it earnestly, don't waffle, don't ramble, don't hard sell, just present something mm. and just let people decide for themselves. Indeed, indeed. Um, and I'll tell you a film if you like. Go on. Fabrice Duwell's Alleluia. It's going to be huge this year. Terrific film. Okay, you heard that first, Brickfit listeners. <laughs> Um, so finally then, um, which which of the, um, oh, it doesn't really matter I suppose in terms of what the performance that you were pitching, so um, give me a, recommend me a British film that you think's underrated for the Britflix audience. No, no, I want you to start. No, no, this was the bit I wasn't looking forward to. It's underrated, it's difficult. Well, no, I'll deserve some more kudos. It doesn't have to, you, you can, you know, you, you literally... Before we had this, you called out my favourite British movie. Really? Straight off the bat. Really? You go into the Genesis to watch it with the screenwriter. <laughs> yes. Don't swear. I've seen I've seen it before. I saw it with Hoskins and the director. Oh, okay. At the BFI a long time ago. Just, just don't say Billy the Kid. Say something else. Revenge, it's Revenge of Billy the Kid. It's my favourite British movie. <laughs> no. Um, and we will never work in this town again. It's tough. No, someone else for a second. Ah, Russ. <laughs> well, what about what about a genre? What about instead of film? Film's too big. Give me, give me, give me a horror film that you would that you think deserves more kudos that doesn't get it. A British I mean, horror film. In, in, in the UK, there's been we've seen obviously quite a lot. British horror's kind of grown up a lot recently. There's also been a big flood because of low budget filmmaking. It's made it easier, mm. and found footage has become kind of a nightmare. You're now stalling for time. Do you I want really me to am. stop in there? Someone yeah. else. Okay. Someone I've else got mine. Go on. Answer in the Darkness. Oh, okay. I think it's one of the most underrated films. The tension of that film is second to none. It takes the sun-drenched best moments of Giallo and combines them with a very British sense of being in a foreign place and being terrorised by it. And I love that film. And I think not enough people have seen it. That film also has the best trailer that I've ever seen. Not the current one you can see on YouTube, but there was an early trailer, which is voiced over by one of the lead girls in the film. And it's so creepy. You'd be glad to know that's in the 20 British horror films you should see. Ah! That I am publishing later this week. Excellent. <laughs> I'm glad I found one you like. There's a lot I like. Have you watched the, the, the American remake? It's terrible. Is it? Absolutely. I only terrible. saw the trailer. Oh, I didn't, well, I didn't it's not worth it. seeing at all. Rush, have you... Uh, are you on IMDb there? Are you going to find one? I'm trying. I don't... I we don't. can't get Russell off his phone. I don't know. No, I, I can't. I can't. Oh, no, there's not a British horror film. I can you? step in. Go on. Go on, on Salvage, actually. Okay. I think it's a movie that's it's nice. kind of not talked about a lot. Brookside Close one. Yeah. Excellent. Um, which is it's sort of frustrating because when it, it played at Fright Fest, I want to say it was a Discovery Screen film. It was. It was, it was wasn't it? Was it? First, yeah. first, I think it might have even been the first year of the Discovery Screen. And... You know, we I kind of we did the early morning queue at Fry Fest to get in there. Mm. We skipped it because Dead Snow was playing against it, and yes. so we went to see Salvage. Um, and I wasn't that interested in Dead Snow, but Salvage I was really, really curious about, and it was just fantastic. Mm. Mostly because it was really well written. 
Mm. One, it was a cool monster movie and, you know, dudes with guns and all that was great. Actually, the characters were well written. It was really intelligently put together. And the tension um, was really fantastic. Mm. And that, you know, obviously at that point in time, which is what, three, two, three years ago? Um, and the very small amount. The, the, the whole terrorist angle, and that's what it was yeah. playing to before it did reveal, oh, it's a mob, was really, really well played. Really well played. And you made me feel really disappointed because I didn't include that on your list and I feel like I should have. See, your list failed. I, 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 <laughs> it's a good we don't look to you for support, isn't it? I am. Um, <laughs> Russ, has anything, come, has anything come about? Russ has to prove that he needs to be in this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> we, can, we can end it there if you'd like. Uh, you can. Don't. Um, come on. No, no. Cause it's it doesn't like, have to be I, genre, right? No, I literally... My problem is I love movies only when I see them, I don't have the memory of any of them. Okay. And the strange thing is, it's it's fascinating, and I only ever find a good movie if I don't remember it. So I have a, it's the, I have the strange. This is in your pitch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like this movie I've got. Yeah. We guarantee it's, Ross it's... won't remember it. No, no, but it is this weird thing that if I watch it again, if I can watch it again and not remember the hook or anything, I think it's a brilliant movie. Yeah, and that's not because it's forgettable in a really way. It's so bizarre the way my mind. No, works. no, I'm, I'm with you. But a shit man. movie will stick in my head, and I'll like be like, not. like the knot, like the knot. No, I don't know. Don't. No, but it's, it's... Russell stay with me for three months, and I thought <laughs> first night he's moved in. Let's do something very welcoming. You pick what we should watch. You know, we got all these bits and pieces. Hey, but let's watch the knot. Noel Clark's the knot. <sighs> That's, is that the it's a rom-com, 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 but it's not a rom-com because you can't have a rom-com with that anyway. We're digressing. Yeah. Anyway, uh, that's been uh, near to films <laughs> first experience of Cam. Thank you very much, guys. Thank that's you. Thanks for having us. It's the Podcast. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.